one. 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 I don't believe that anybody's beyond forgiveness, but I think that doesn't mean that you shouldn't challenge the injustice that's been perpetrated. When people sit down together who hold opposing views, they recognise not only their differences, but the things they hold in common. We have monthly activities for elderly. We try and address the need of our community at the point of need. This is One Voice. Because we're all the same. Hello, and thank you for choosing the One Voice podcast. Here's a question. What do you think of Facebook? A thumbs up or a thumbs down? Can it, do you think, ever be a a positive resource for Methodism to prompt and encourage dialogue, friendships, and a strengthening of faith? Well, we're going to hear from someone who helps run a very successful Facebook group that's for Methodists. Then we've the story of a man whose principles when it came to faith proved to be so unwavering and solid that a film was made about him. This is One Voice. Now, Methodists Online, it's a very popular Facebook group that has almost 6,000 members and Mark Stennett helps to steer this very uh, active, chatty and progressive uh, public group on Facebook uh, and is with us now. Mark, thanks ever so much for giving over some time. It's nice to chat to you. Yeah, hi John. It's great to chat to you too. Let's kind of, I suppose, rewind a little. What made you a Methodist, Mark? Why is this the right, um, to coin a phrase, branch of Christianity for you? I guess... um the easy answer is the fact that uh, my parents were Methodists, but there was definitely something about my family and Methodism that seemed to click for me. And when I kind of went through my teenage years of challenging whether, you know, should I be doing what my parents are doing and things like that, uh, I, I kind of suddenly thought that this actually, there's something here about the fellowship, there's something here about the social justice side of stuff, there's something here about the informality that it can sometimes bring. And, and that was quite a, a distinguishing factor of Methodism. And, and mainly, you know, I grew up in a church that were really informal, loving, relaxed kind of congregation. And, you know, they would be happy to chip in in a sermon if they disagreed with it. Uh, but they'd also be happy to kind of cut the service to say, look, you know, why don't we just pray? Why don't we just, you know, get on and do this? Mm. Uh, and so it was a, such a, an uplifting environment that I kind of just knew that God wanted me in this direction. And this is a thing as well, Mark, you've managed to, I guess, hold a mirror up to all of that to distill those kind of values, that sort of feel within Methodists Online on, on Facebook. So tell us about the, the vision for the, the Facebook group at, you know, as it started and how that's evolved since. Yeah, it, it, it was really strange, really, because when I first started Methodists Online back in July 2014 um, it started off with a really basic need of gathering people from various places I was a minister just two years into being a minister in Lincoln and I was kind of aware of kind of the yeah the rural setting of, of Lincolnshire district and basically kind of knew that there would be an opportunity to gather people using Facebook there was a second kind of inspiration and uh, unfortunately it was a bit of a negative one because um, I'd, I'd mentioned about uh, being online 
and uh, someone went, oh, I've seen one of those Methodist groups. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, okay, what's all that about? And uh, and there'd been a bit of negative um, stuff going on with another website or otherwise. And, uh, and I just thought, yeah, if that's the only flavour of Methodism that there is online, then I need to challenge that. I need to kind of offer something more. And, and so it started off just being really quite simple. It just started off with trying to instill, trying to just be a local church online for people where they could gather and uh, and just, you know, be happy to share a request for prayer or just be happy just to catch up with people. And, and in mind, it was definitely those kind of rural people I first mm-hmm. initially had in mind because... You know, it can be really hard connecting with people when you are geographically isolated. Uh, well, of course, and undeniably now, unquestionably, it's widened out into this uh, big kind of, uh, quasi-national platform. An extremely wide variety of topics come up within uh, Methodists Online. I, I mean, how much moderation, regulation, etc., is needed? Do you, do you feel like you always have to have one eye across it and just and jump in just in case, or is it kind of a more of a laissez-faire? approach to it mark yeah it started off being very hands-on and i don't know whether that reflected my time and my energy uh, um, <laughs> and uh, before the time of kids or otherwise um but it, it definitely was this kind of exploration it started off just with a few people and a couple of like-minded people i invited to administrator over it i've, I've got to say it now ticks over relatively well but there are six of us as administrators. Uh, I should name check uh, Andy, Becker, Beverly, Elaine, Kate, uh, and obviously myself. Uh, but um, yeah, it, it goes in seasons now, really. And not to bore you, but basically I think it was the last year that Facebook changed the the way that groups worked, as in the Facebook groups yes, work. Yeah. Uh, and so they've made it more um publicly open for people to like and just to drop into stuff which in one respect is good but in another it requires a little bit more um, monitoring of who is trying to get into the group and who is trying to post in the group but there was a very big challenge there because we could either keep with the old and uh, and kind of close close ranks basically and make it a kind of private group where nobody could see what we're posting Um, or we could continue to keep it public so that people could see what others are posting into it and I, and I thought that was a really kind of important factor and chatting through with our administrators when this came up it was still important to uh, to have that public outward looking dare I even say missional element mm. to this of when you have people kind of sharing bits about their day or or just sharing a bit about faith to be able to kind of have that on show was kind of quite uh, part of the DNA from its very origins really you know listening to you say this Mark it, it reminds me of a, a conversation actually on this very podcast a few episodes ago with Sam McBratney of Dignity and Worth and uh, one of the things and I'm paraphrasing it that he said was how often uh, or, or reasonably often perhaps um, a couple of Methodists can sit by each other in church for many decades and they they might consciously steer clear of more difficult questions and this kind of notion of agree to disagree which doesn't really help or get anything solved in the long run so I mean with with the Facebook group do you see a broad set of, of opinions 
um, and, and views that sit together, you know, hang together relatively easily. Do you think, you know, we often think of the internet and kind of the, the keyboard warriors and those that are very vociferous that perhaps <laughs> wouldn't be. But, but I don't know, I, I, I kind of pick up a more easygoing approach uh, on the group. Is, is that fair, do you think? Uh, oh, it, I, I think it's seasonal and it depends on, because it always comes down to what people put into it. Um, because it's you know it's a group rather than us kind of saying this is our viewpoint on this you know it, it's open for regulars or you know newbies completely just to kind of post things up and some of these things are absolutely fine and it goes with the flow as to say you know it doesn't um, raise any eyebrows um, there are other times when and it usually will be when an admin will just post in our a little message uh, group to go just want to you might want to just keep an eye on this uh and see how it goes because i think what we don't want to do is police it in a and kind of restrain the conversations but at the same time we just need to make sure that people are being friendly and and that there is that easiness you know that is that kind of laid-back nature to it that that people can share what they feel and uh and i think that's really good to have um dare i say a arrange within our administrators as well to to try and gauge opinion so with every post that is maybe of a controversial nature we do actually try to gather a bit of a consensus but with six of us you know two of us might be off and yes one of us might be (laughs) busy you know so you just try to gauge at least a little bit of a voice from a couple of other people just to help to make sure and justify your kind of action yeah, and and of course you know the, there is there's light and shade, isn't there, on on the uh, within the group. Important to have humour, I think, in lots of walks of life, and uh, certainly the the group doesn't lack that. Uh, I know that there's um, <laughs> whether or not I should say his name, but th- there is at least one kind of resident comedian, should we say, <laughs> isn't there, <laughs> Mark? Yeah, 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 and and yeah. again, it was it's one of these things of the the the. the there are kind of resident folk and sometimes yeah. it's seasonal sometimes it's more long lasting sometimes it's just like these little blips on the landscape um, yeah. either or in or either direction really but i think that this is what gives it you know dare i say that even in a in a, a physical congregation you know there are characters mm. uh, whether light or shade or otherwise uh, you know there are characters and and i think and i think that's the one of the other elements of administration is to kind of say well actually recognizing that people are investing in this um, group by following and therefore one of the broader administration elements is to make sure that one individual or one kind of group isn't kind of just dominating everything with and flooding flooding the timeline of stuff Mm, um, mm. because that can really put people off but um, there have been a number of conversations about various resident people um that you know is all in love but um behind the scenes to kind of go you know do we allow that and it's like (laughs) well yeah we do but obviously but yeah it's just maybe sometimes sometimes we may have to just kind of have a gentle word or or even just you know kind of go you know what it's not harming anyone just yeah Exactly. just leave them to it sort of thing it is that you know it i guess it is just a bit like any other group of people it's just trying to find the good in it and trying to enable 
the group to to be what we hope it to be. Yeah, yeah, like a sort of a, a soft regulation. I mean, you you've also got, of course, the the, the virtual coffee morning. Um, can, can you tell us <laughs> tell us how that runs? Yeah, I mean, basically, it, the, this has I think been an ingredient from the very beginning, really, uh, and it was just again this opportunity for people who could be having uh, a cup of a cup of wherever they are in the middle of nowhere and just lacking that fellowship element and so um my actual inspiration came from a a, a beloved church member who passed away a long time ago and basically this individual used to send out notices and the notices it wasn't just a, a notice sheet uh, attached to an email uh his email every single time came out with a well, I'm in the garden today and the squirrels are trying to pinch the nuts. Uh, you know, and, and it, it just brought that really grounded humanity mm. and that just kind of human touch that I kind of went, wow, just in an email which could be so dry, mm. uh, it just seems to carry so much personality. But that being said, I, I'm a, I am aware that after however many hundred of these things, sometimes I kind of go, oh, do I need to shake this up a little bit? You know, uh, welcome to our weekly coffee morning. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but it, it really does just kind of invite people to say, you know, wherever you are, if you feel comfortable to do so, um, just share a bit about your day. And if that is just a, a, a comment or a prayer, that's absolutely fine. Equally, if you're happy to take a photo of wherever your your beverage is, um, then take a cup of take a photo of that as well and and i think it's just again that just soft touch and kind of yeah fellowship element which i think um helps just ease and oil the cogs of of the group absolutely and i think undoubtedly you have that the the kind of color and uh and personality with with the group for sure and and uh, you you'll have to forgive me mark this is uh, you know potentially quite a, a profound thing to, to to ask but but in your mind how has or how is the group enhancing methodism do you think what what's it bringing to the to the table i i think um in in one respect outwardly it's showing that we're human and that um you know christian fellowship can work across digital means um I, th- I think there's also an opportunity for people to to chat about things in uh, and in that kind of informal kind of fellowship to to raise questions to to challenge one another but but again i think the emphasis is on the fellowship bit that actually you know what there is something at the heart of methodism that at the heart of this group that is about just walking alongside you know people of faith and hopefully kind of just shining Jesus' light into other other people's lives and and i think sometimes you know you've referenced the keyboard warriors uh you know uh that sometimes even in those kind of conversations we can bring a bit of god into them or mm. kind of gently nudge or challenge or uplift or you know or just reassure i think all of these things are okay just to so, so I think for Methodist Online, it's just another outlet, another tool to, to kind of enable others to, to feel welcome, part of God's bigger family. On all of the well-known podcast apps, this is the One Voice podcast from the Methodist Church of Northampton. Just now and again. 
truly inspirational stories of faith are captured on film or retold in documentaries. Some make it into books. But this story of staunch beliefs got the full Hollywood treatment. Eric Liddell was born in January 1902 in northern China. His parents were Christian missionaries with the London Mission Society. He and his elder brother Rob went to a boarding school for the sons of missionaries at Eltham in South London. He saw his parents and sister when they returned to the family home in Edinburgh. In 1920, he joined Rob at Edinburgh University where he studied pure science. He graduated after the 1924 Paris Olympics and went on to study theology for a year. His strong Christian faith was intrinsic to his life at university. He was asked to become a speaker for the Glasgow Students' Evangelistic Union because it hoped he would draw big crowds to hear about that faith. At school, Liddell was an outstanding sportsman. He was recognised as the best athlete in his year, but also went on to captain the school cricket and rugby union teams. At university, his reputation grew. He became known as the fastest runner in Scotland, his successes earning him newspaper coverage. He ran in the 100-yard and 220-yard races for the university and played for its rugby club. He was selected to play for Scotland's national side as a back and scored four tries during his international career. In 1922 and 1923, he played seven games for Scotland in the Five Nations tournament. But it was athletics where he was really making his name. He gave up rugby to focus on it. In 1923, he won the 100-yard and 220-yard races at the Amateur Athletics Association Championships. In the 100-yard race, he set a new British record of 9.7 seconds, which stood for 23 years. All of this training was building towards the renowned 1924 Olympics. Eric's strong Christian convictions meant that he regarded Sunday as the Sabbath, a day set aside by God for rest, reflection and worship rather than recreation or work, of course. We all know, of course, the fourth commandment says, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you will do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. Famously, Eric Liddell took this very seriously, and he refused flatly to compete on Sundays. The athletic schedule for the Olympic Games was published months before the 1924 Games. Little knew the heats for his best event, the 100 metres, were scheduled for a Sunday. Efforts to make the Olympic authorities change the schedule failed, and so naturally Little withdrew from the event. His friend D.P. Thompson said later, It was a decision that there was no hope of changing. It was based on principles from which he never deviated a hair's breadth. Little also withdrew from the 4 times 100 metres and 4 times 400 metres relay teams where Great Britain had stood a chance of success. He did compete, however, in the 200 metres winning a bronze. His absence from the 100 metres left the field clear for his English rival Harold Abrahams to take gold. And that, of course, spawned the fantastic film 
chariots of fire. Well, a fascinating story of truly intractable principles. What would your faith make you do or not? We've just time to send all our very best wishes to Reverend Romeo Pedro and his family on their impending move to Sheffield in South Yorkshire, which we heard about in the last episode. We hope that everyone who attends the farewell service has a wonderful time and what will be, I'm sure, a heartfelt send-off. From the podcast, it's goodbye. Until the next time, take care. Stories. Community. And what brings us together. This is One Voice.